Hello. Hello. You are here. You are not muted. Yeah. Seems seems that way. <laughs> as far as I can tell, yeah, it would appear. I, I after um, what is it like three weeks a month, whatever? I, I've uh, licensed my copy of uh, Audio Hijack. I have installed your well, not installed, but I have added your your little workflow thing. It's going. Little lines nice. are pulsating as I speak. <laughs> Um, and, uh, then I, I had to launch the like quick time to do the backup recording in case. Oh, and I'm not saying this is your fault, but in Zoom case itself it's self to do yeah. a backup recording. Um, so quick time, I guess if that's just a recording for you yourself, that's fine. But, mm-hmm. um, zoom also will record our group audio as well as individual recordings of each person. So there's like five different backups of, of audio here. I don't think there's. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say the words I was about to say because that's just tempting the <laughs> uh, universe. But um, I am also this time not just recording my audio with uh, with Audio Hijack, but also recording Zoom's audio. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we've well, got our bases covered yeah, and they're loaded. I, and it's it's important to have so many backups of this because this conversation um, <laughs> will be noted by historians, uh, future historians who, who will look back on this as the moment that everything changed. Yeah. In fact, the uh, next in time they decide to send out one of those, Hey, you aliens, if you're out there and listening, here's some stuff about us. Uh, this conversation will be included in that thing that comes after the colon that comes after the, here's some stuff about us. Yeah. Good, good luck, aliens. Good luck, good luck, aliens. Well, okay, hold. Let's okay. All right. So uh, here, here it is. Um, aliens are out there and they're listening, mm-hmm. and we are the ambassadors whose job it is to sort of explain <laughs> and excuse humanity for these aliens. Uh, I'm not doing that. (laughs) What's something? Okay, so don't excuse them, uh, but explain them. What's uh, what's something you would say to these aliens about uh, humanity? Uh, So humanity was smart enough to invent email, but not smart enough to invent a way to manage email uh, (laughs) or to know when it is appropriate to send or uh, not send an email. Um, They never learned to know when to hold them. No, they they uh, did not even know when to fold them. Uh, it is which is a very relevant reference uh, for these aliens, who I assume are uh, avid poker players uh, for some reason, and also love rock and roll music, classic rock and roll music. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I mean, it's all about intersectionality with our aliens. The, yeah. the classic rock and roll poker and doesn't understand technology. Uh, the, the, that all like really is where the Venn diagram uh, for this podcast is. I'd like to believe that these aliens have... I want to believe. I want to... Ha <laughs> Reference acknowledged. Um, I want to believe that these aliens have sort of a... 
so so one of the sort of downfalls of humanity, if you will, one of our <laughs> one of our crippling blows we've been dealt is this idea that our existence, our our consciousness that exists is ours and ours alone. Um, in this body that I have, I experience things around me. I can, you know, reach out and touch something and feel that. And my brain and other parts of my body sort of react to that. And my consciousness sort of experiences that. But there's no way to know what it would feel like if you instead were sitting here at this uh, chair and reaching out and touching, uh, touching me, touching you. Oh, uh, no, reaching mm. out and, and, you know, feeling the, the, the glass shelf that's in front of me. We have this sort of, you know, we, we, we've been able to come up with the, with the terms, right. That we can use. So whenever somebody does a wine tasting, multiple people can say that they taste blackberry when they taste a thing, but what isn't possible is for us to know what it feels like, what it is for someone else to taste a blackberry. We only know our experience at the at the very, you know, the the most basic level of it, what it is like for us. And there's a sort of concept surrounding that that's this idea that we are all what are called island universes that I can do my best to be empathetic of another person. And I can get very, very, very close to a person. Uh, oftentimes we do that by uh, finding partnership in the world, or we may be close to our family. But even though my mom and I have known each other for as long as I've been alive, I will never truly know what it's like for her to taste a blackberry versus when I taste a blackberry. And so what I'm saying is I... I want to believe, I'd like to believe that the aliens uh, that we're talking to in this scenario are not island universes, and they actually do have the ability to experience sort of a shared consciousness. Um, And so in that way, inside jokes do not have that same kind of uh, othering effect uh, that they can have for humanity, which is why I feel comfortable making jokes about rock and roll with these aliens, (laughs) because they get it. They just get it. Yeah, but do they like blackberries? That I don't know. I have not asked them mm-hmm. that. Uh, in uh, fact, the, in in the scenario that I invented, there was no really asking them anything. It was only introducing them to humanity, mm-hmm. and I don't think that we've we've uh, succeeded in that fact because there's no. there's one human who just won't shut up, and it's going on about island universes, <laughs> and the other one is curious about blackberries. And so <laughs> the aliens have walked away now, and yeah. uh, I think that means we could start a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because uh, we've got a diversity of opinions. Island universes and uh, do you actually like blackberries, uh, which are <laughs> very, you know, it, it encompasses a lot. Uh, and we, we just have a variety of things we've already touched on. But uh, without getting too much into berries uh, just yet, uh, is was there any uh, perhaps technology you would like to share with the aliens out there um, who have hmm. obviously uh, interstellar ambitions, um, but are very curious about, uh, personal computing, um, and, uh, smartphone electronics and stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, I would tell them that (laughs) I guess I, uh, another flaw of humanity 
that is also it's it's a boon of humanity is its curiosity, uh, because as we know, curiosity killed the cat. And I would be as the, lying as the aliens know because the they understand because the they inside get it. joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've been studying us and they have shared consciousness, so they get it. Um, I would admit to wanting to uh, somehow procure either directly or uh, through the means of destruction, a broken iPhone uh, for the purposes of checking out Apple's new um, self-repair program. Uh, So I think since we last spoke, uh, Apple had, well, I know since we last spoke, Apple introduced the uh, self-repair program that it was going to be rolling out later on, and it was working with a company and blah, 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 blah. And then we hadn't heard about it for a long time. And finally, they released it, they announced it. And it um, is a way for people who want to. So again, all of you out there who are going, rada, 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 this isn't for me, rada, rada. Hey, it's okay that it's not for you. Not everything's for you, and that's okay. Um, This is for folks who one may like I used to not live very close to an Apple store would have to drive three hours to go to an Apple store, uh, to do the repair who two like I was and continue to be interested in and, um, knowledgeable enough to be able to do a repair themselves. And so all of that comes together. Uh, they have, released or they've revealed, I guess, launched the website where you can go and repair your iPhone. uh, I believe it's iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 devices. Uh, I'm letting the website load now. But what happens, excuse me, is you go to the website, um, selfservicerepair.com. And there you say, okay, I've got an iPhone Uh, in my case, 13 Pro Max with a broken screen. That that part is not in my case, just the part where I have one of those. (laughs) It doesn't have a broken screen. And then it will show you, hey, here is the repair manual. And here are the parts that you will need to do the repair using the uh, self-service repair program. And so you can go through uh, the process. The manuals are really cool. They've got a lot of information in them. But what Apple lets you do, if the stupid website would load, um, is it will actually uh, let you get the parts that they use at the Apple store um, to... Oh, now it loads. Okay. Um, And so let me see. I'm going to go start your order. I'm going to choose iPhone, because that's the only thing that's available right now. You can go iPhone 12, iPhone 12 mini, iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 12 Pro Max, iPhone 13, iPhone 13 mini, iPhone 13 Pro, iPhone 13 Pro Max, iPhone SE third generation. I'm going to choose the iPhone SE third generation. I'm going to choose display, and then it shows uh, the parts. Now, what's nice is they actually sell a bundle that has the different parts that you need, so you don't have to buy them uh, piece by piece. And it is $129.56 to get the iPhone display and screw kit, the iPhone display adhesive, you get two pieces of that, the iPhone security screws, uh, because surprise, surprise, something I didn't know until after reading the repair manual is that Apple suggests 
that you replace the screws when you do this. I did not realize that um, these screws should be replaced whenever you do a repair. I just would always put the screws that I already had back into it. Um, and then you can also get for $49 a seven-day rental of the necessary tools that you need to be able to complete this repair up to Apple's uh, process. And <laughs> when you get the uh, toolkit uh, for $49 for seven days, you get two gigantic Pelican cases. Uh, it says the toolkit comes in cases that when stacked on top of each other, measure 20 inches wide and 47 inches high. One case weighs 43 pounds and the other weighs 36 pounds. <laughs> and wow. they each have roller wheels to aid in transport. That's because <laughs> you get on top of, um, you know, the, the necessary pieces that you're going to keep that will be part of your phone. They also send you the, um, the, well, no, I'm trying to find what it's called, uh, the heated display removal fixture, which is this sort of, um, it almost looks like a candy making machine, uh, but essentially it heats up the display in order for you to be able to remove it. It's kind of a big contraption with a big old factory style button that you press to heat it up. And then it says, you know, I am ready, essentially, uh, not, not, out loud, but uh, <laughs> as you are are going through the process, and um, also a uh, he, where is that heated display removal fixture and the oh the battery press and or display press, which also looks like sort of a candy making machine. It's a big old uh, aluminum. Well, actually, I don't know what the metal is, so I better not say it's aluminum. I don't know if it is, um, but it has this big old handle that you pull down in order to press the display down and make sure that it's fitted uh, perfectly. What's cool is that you don't just have to, uh, if, if you'd like, you can rent these things again, $49 for seven days. And that kind of adds a little bit of um, urgency that I think would be important for me because I do like to procrastinate. Uh, but you can also buy these, these devices. And I thought, Oh boy, you know, these things are going to be a thousand dollars for that gigantic um, heated display fixture. No, uh, they're actually the, the display press is $216. Um, the universal display removal fixture, which is this uh, clamp that you can like uh, place on a, on a table, clamp it down to a table, and then it's got these special uh, suction cups, $160. Um, the thing that I found the most interesting uh, thing that I would actually consider purchasing of all of this, because obviously I don't need a heated display removal fixture. But you, what I you don't need a heated display removal fixture? I don't. I don't. Not to keep, <laughs> at least. Who knows mm -hmm. if there may come a day when someone says, hey, uh, can you fix my iPhone? Because I don't want to pay whatever Apple is charging because I don't have Apple Care or whatever. But what they do have is torque drivers. And boy, howdy, do I want these torque drivers. So uh, for folks who don't know, um, a torque driver is a special kind of screwdriver in this case. And they, they just say driver instead of uh, explicitly mentioning screws because you might be um, driving nuts instead of screws. But in this case, you're driving screws. And the torque driver has a set torque 
which is sort of the, the rotational pressure that you're applying to a screw. And it will not let you screw the screw, the fastener, any more than the set torque that the driver provides. So when I would do iFixit repairs of different devices, I would go through the process and I would, you know, take my normal uh, tiny little iFixit driver and screw it. And then I go, oh man, should I tighten that more? Should I tighten that less? And I'll admit that there have been some times in the past when I went a little bit too far with the torque and broke things that should not have been broken. And Apple's repair manuals include the torque value for each and every fastener inside of the iPhone. So you can make sure that you're not tightening it more than it should be. I think that's fascinating and super cool. Um, Would I buy these directly from Apple? I don't think so. The reason why is because they sell each torque driver as an independent uh, driver. So there's the 0.45 kgf per centimeter driver. There's the 0.65 kgf per centimeter driver, the 0.35, the 0.55. They're all sold independently. And the least expensive one, which is the 0.45 kgf per centimeter, is $80. The most expensive one is $100. And you can buy torque drivers uh, that have variable settings for about $100. So you would get m- essentially multiple torque drivers uh, as opposed to just one. So yeah, that is interesting to me. Cool. I don't really have any input for this. As as you mentioned before, I, and the, there are people who are not really going to go about doing any of these things, and I'm in that category. I, I It's interesting to me that it exists, uh, especially because not not so much that I think a lot of people need to do it, but if there are a few people who are good at it and you happen to know somebody, then it could come in handy for someone, um, especially with these uh, the very particular tools. I, I did not know about the rental system, so it's cool that they do that so that you don't have to buy this expensive stuff just to do one little thing, um, but like you said, it is kind of um, not just laborious, but uh, there's just a lot of logistics involved in managing, uh, procuring the correct elements and renting the right equipment. And it is good that they have bundles and things to help you along in that process. Um, so it's not just like, here's a catalog, just pick things. Um, you know, that that's nice of them. So I don't know. It, it's neat, uh, but not not. Not going to do it. Not going to happen. I'm hmm. going to go go to the store and be like, please, please fix. <laughs> Hello, please fix. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just send it to you now um, once you get your torque driver. <laughs> uh, I'll just, just be like, make sure you use the correct setting on your variable torque driver um, when you're handling my phone, please. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, because I also wonder, you know, right now it's just iPhones, but eventually, maybe... Could could you envision uh, a, a moment when you'd be able to, I don't know, uh, alter or fix or change something about a computer? Uh, that would be novel. Uh, <laughs> I, I it seems it seems like that could be a, a direction that they had. And the good thing is, uh, you know, they have very tightly integrated 
computers, which is why there are certain sizes and thicknesses and qualities about them. Um, so that you need very specific stuff in order to, to manipulate them uh, is not surprising. And it would be uh, interesting to see that more available. Again, I'm not going to do it. But if there was somebody I know who knows somebody or something and they could like upgrade my RAM or something yeah. without, you know, having to like buy a new computer, um, then it may be worth it for that stuff to exist out there in the world. Um, because I, I, it doesn't necessarily mean that when you have these repair, self repair programs, that it excludes the possibility of upgrades in the future. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't. I wonder if anybody's going to make like a Franken phone or something where they're like, I, I really like my case and put this new display in because it fits inside the same model or something. Like, I wonder if people are going to start doing that because they have the self-repair options available to them. But there's I, a limit to that because of the physical dimensions of the device. So, yeah, I, I, I doubt I doubt that. I think um, what we will see ultimately is more devices getting added to the uh to to the list of of items you can repair but i don't think it's going to be <laughs> um you know uh, sort of buying different pieces and taking things apart and putting it how you want it or whatever this is really just about uh self repair not self uh build or self rebuild or self frankenstein or self frankenstein's monster mm -hmm. or self destruct um, mm -hmm. I can't think of other selfs right now that I want to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. But, um, I, I think that for me, this is just a fun thing. Um, and I'm actually, uh, planning on talking to my boss tomorrow. Uh, we host a radio show together, uh, called the tech guy. And, uh, I'm want to have us get the rental kit and uh do a repair and just so people can see like what the process is like how it works everything like that so that's cool i mean especially for being informative about people who might be uh more curious than i am about pursuing it uh then you know i don't i don't imagine there are a lot of people who are doing it for the journalistic purposes at the moment and it would be uh interesting to see how that process goes yeah. So that's on the horizon. Um, all right. The aliens are bored with repair. <laughs> uh, they would like to know about something else going on in technology. Oh, uh, I, I tried to make some shortcuts and then <gasps> it is it, bad. It's, it's the same what place you I always to make shortcuts it. for. Well, many things, but most recently, um, one thing that's been bothering me is I don't like the sound of my time machine volume cranking away during the daytime because what is it doing? I'm on a remote desktop connection to my office. I am not saving files to my machine. There's nothing like, is it backing up system logs? Like, I don't know what it's doing. Uh, and whenever you check, it's like cleaning up and it's like cleaning up what you're not doing. You, do you <laughs> need to do this right cleaning. now? <laughs> It's like I just, you hire uh, housekeeping and they always they're always cleaning uh, at the wrong time. What are you doing? Uh, there was some dust here I was trying to get rid of, but I'm in the middle of a call. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. It's just like it doesn't it doesn't need to be doing anything because it's not a, I, it's not 
surprisingly, I don't have an enormous solid state drive that I use as my time machine backup. I have a spin, spinning disk drive. Um, and it isn't like it's the loudest thing in the world, but it does make noise. So why have it make noise if there's really realistically nothing to do? Um, so I wanted to make a shortcut that would unmount it uh, in the morning before I uh, started working and would remount the volume at night so that that way it could do actual time machine stuff um, at night and it wouldn't bother me. Uh, but it, it seems like it's not possible to automate that with time machine because it doesn't seem to have automation triggers in the current shipping version of what shortcuts can do. Uh, I don't understand. Like yeah, I can, I, I can, what I was just going to say, I, um, I've been reading, uh, sorry, lean in, lean in everybody. Um, lean in aliens, lean in aliens, um, with your auditory sensors that you keep at the end of your, should we call those hands hands that works for you? Okay. Hands. Uh, I've been reading a lot about Apple script lately and some might go, why are you reading about a thing that's going to go away? Nobody cares about Apple script anymore. But the fact is Apple script was the, the, um, what is that called? The, the fascia which is the connective tissue in our body that holds everything in place. If people don't know what fascia is, look it up. It's really cool, but also kind of gross if you look at videos of fascia. Anyway, uh, also if you look at videos of fascists, that's also gross. But um, so I've been learning about AppleScript and uh, all of these applications communicate using AppleScript with one another and with the system. And turns out there's a whole hell of a lot more. Can I say that? Hell? Yeah, hell of a lot more of automations that you can do using AppleScript than Shortcuts gives you. Um, and I bet that there's a way to futz about with Time Machine using AppleScript that you can't do with Shortcuts because Shortcuts is uh, sort of, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like, okay, we're back, uh, back up, back it up. Okay, here we are. We're back, back to normal. Um, I'm going to use a survivor reference here, mm -hmm. uh, because this is something that anyone who, even for people who haven't seen survivor would be able to sort of uh, picture in their head. So there's this one challenge where part of the challenge is they get these, um, long reads. Uh, they, they are, I, I don't even know if we can call them reads, but they're sort of like bamboo, um, sticks. Okay. And they're about, each of them are about an, uh, not an inch, a foot long. Okay. 12 inches long. Um, and obviously they've got bend to them given that they're made of bamboo and the people get these bamboo sticks and they get twine and they get, you know, a stack of these bamboo sticks. It's not too many, but not too few. And what they are tasked with doing is, tying these bamboo sticks together in a way that there's enough, um, there's enough support. Because if you just tied one bamboo stick to another bamboo stick to another bamboo stick, you could make a really long stick, but there wouldn't be enough support to kind of keep it from bowing in the middle, right? And what they have to do is they walk up to this um, 12 by 12 sort of grid made out of bamboo poles. So if you can imagine with me, you look forward and there are these bamboo poles that are running uh, vertical and horizontal such that there are squares of open space in this gate that's in front of you, this wall that's in front of you. You have to stick your uh, bamboo stick stick <laughs> through the um, 
through the square, one of the squares, whichever one. And then at the at far away, uh, at the other end, there is a uh, pole that has a set of keys dangling off the side of it. Your job is to take the bamboo stick that you've created and shove it into the ring that's holding the keys and then pull it all the way back and through that wall that's in front of you and be able to get the keys. So as you can imagine, people are trying different configurations. Some of them build a really sturdy base so that the pole, whenever they stick it through, doesn't go all the way to the ground. It actually does stay up and you can get it into the ring and be able to pull the keys back. But you build it too sturdy and there isn't enough, there aren't enough sticks now to make it long enough to actually reach that ring of keys. Um, I view using shortcuts as like at the other end, the keys, that area, that is the system, right? And using Apple script is like not having that bamboo wall in the way you walk up to the keys and you can pick them up and unlock what you need to unlock. But using shortcuts is like having that bamboo stick and twine contraption and the wall in front of you where you're trying to manipulate all of this stuff, but it's so difficult and the, the stick is, is braying in the, in the wind and it's also uh, not getting into the keyhole as you need it to. And you're trying all sorts of different methods. You're, you're sometimes making a stronger foundation Sometimes you make the, the stick a lot longer, but then it doesn't have. And it's all of this obfuscation between you and the keys that you're trying to get to at the other end of it. So that is how I view shortcuts in, in macOS, not in iOS, because in iOS, it is like you just walking up to the key for the most part. It is like you just walking up to the keys and being able to control what you want to. But they laid this thing onto macOS before they should have, I think. And especially because there was already a system in place that did it so much better. But I understand that the system that was in place that did it so much better was not as uh, inviting. And uh, I'm, I'm learning that as I'm playing around with Apple script, because basically for me, what happened was I um, was able to do something on my, uh, usually I ask my dear beloved friend, Rosemary Orchard for help with things. And she's always so helpful and it's wonderful, but I wanted to solve something on my own. I gave it a shot and for once it actually worked out. And so now I feel all powerful and want to learn Apple script entirely. Uh, and that's been really, um, exciting and encouraging. So anyway, I, I, I took over. I just wanted to make that comparison. I totally understand why it's not, uh, why you're you're struggling at least in some part with that because you're using these these tools that are just so far removed from how the system actually works yeah i would say it's more like uh i need a torque driver uh and <laughs> i have a bamboo stick and <laughs> it's like uh, how do i how do i make this work and then there's other people who are you know like they can use the bamboo stick to like make a word processor or something like that. Uh, they, they can convert text on command to do whatever they want with it. Um, but it's like, I don't want to do that. Uh, I, I'm not trying to, uh, it, it, shortcuts makes it very easy to be like, here, here's a button you can push that'll turn this input into this other thing. And it's like, well, that's one way of approaching automation, but, um, I want automation that's actually automated that happens triggered by events or time or location or something. And on iOS, like you said, there is a way to do that where you can add a personal automation inside of the shortcuts app. 
that doesn't exist on the Mac version of shortcuts. There is no personal shortcuts area. Uh, and if you make a personal shortcut on your iPhone, it just stays on that iPhone. It doesn't go to your Mac. Uh, so you can't do that. And if you try to like do something that would trigger on the Mac, it won't, it won't do it because it's a different system. It's like, you can't do that on the iPhone. That's a Mac command. It's like, I know, but like, how do I, how do I make you make this thing, do that thing? And it's like, there's no obvious way to do that. And on the device itself, on this, you know, uh, computer where you have been able to automate things like I don't know how familiar you are with like Unix stuff but like cron jobs like cron tab and all this other stuff where it's like yeah I can make I can make a command line thing that will automate exactly what I want to have happen with, with like a single shell script with a single file I can I can do the whole thing in the command line inside of shortcuts you can't do it it, it is impossible uh, I have tried because uh, there is no way to trigger um, the action to occur, which is the essential component of this. Is like, how do you, I, I can make a shortcut that ejects the disk, and I can make a shortcut that mounts the disk, and I can bind that to a key, or I can make it a shortcut menu item, or I can make it a f- action that I can trigger, but I have to actually push the button to make it happen. And in that case, it's not saving me any time or difficulty. It is not doing anything that i want because it's not automating anything it's just putting a command somewhere else um instead of actually just doing something that it should be capable of doing and even in terms of the building blocks of making this thing happen um that is also frustrating equally frustrating because shortcuts has very limited um i don't want to say like bindings but like very limited uh uh commands that are attached to other commands that are on your system like there are more for apple scripty stuff uh like you were talking about before not for everything but more more exists uh and there's even more stuff where if you're doing stuff on the command line you can do way more things um and with shortcuts it's like okay i want to eject a disk all right well there's a disk utility um and it has a command to eject the disk great i will put that little block here there is no command to mount the disk. I can eject the disk. I cannot mount the disk. It is a <laughs> one-way thing that you can do. And uh, so it's just like, why, why do you do that to me? Because uh, now I have, uh, I, have, I have the one command that does that, and then I have another command, which is run shell script, which is disk util mount and then the drive name. And that is completely different. It's like, why, why can't I, you have one thing. Why would you implement eject and not mount? Why would you have that? And the only three things that they have uh, implemented for uh, disk utility are uh, eject disk, uh, mount drive image, which is an, a drive image file, not a drive, and uh, make a drive image file. Um, those are the only three things you can do with disk utility with that. There are way more things you can do with disk utility uh, in in AppleScript or with uh, command line, just a ton of stuff you can do, uh, and it's just like why 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 did you make this only this one thing? Like I'm, I want to control my computer. Uh, the drives of my computer are things I would want to control. Why do why does it not exist? Um, and so it's just like well, this is infuriating because I want I want you to do the things like that's the whole point of you exactly. Um, and even like Automator doesn't have triggers for that like you you need to you need to get down to 
like the basics. You need to either make uh, what was it the uh, launch d plist file. Oh dear um, God! Which is this garbage XML thing. Uh, or you make a cron tab thing. But then because of the security settings in Mac OS, uh, think Mojave and later, uh, you have to give full disk access to cron tab um, if you want to make a cron job. And it's just like, I why do we have this security model where I would have to, I don't want to do that. I, I want to make it do this one little thing. Like, why can't I just say like, hey, you can do this one thing. Um, so you're in this world where I can make anything I want to have happen on the command line in the most insecure way possible, uh, where if I were to ever have any sort of malicious code on my system that happened to trigger crontab, which is, you know, a remote possibility. It's just like, why, why even open myself up to that? Because if I just start adding things like full disk access for command line stuff all the time, then it becomes e- easier uh, to have something that is uh, a- vulnerable to some other vector. And I don't like the idea of that because that's not the whole point of the security system is it's not supposed to do that. So why can't I have, why can't I have nice things? Why can't I have the triggers? Why, why won't it do it? Because uh, you can do it on iOS. I can, I can just pull up the shortcuts app and in the bottom where it says automations, uh, I can uh, just go ahead and I can pick, you know, add an automation, create a personal automation, time of day, alarm, sleep, arrive leave before i commute <laughs> get right uh carplay <laughs> uh when it, when it switches the carplay mode i can do email message uh when an apple watch workout is happening uh when i join a wi-fi or, or leave wi-fi um a bluetooth nfc uh when an app is open or closed uh airplane mode low power mode like there's all these triggers uh even triggers based on types of focus etc but there are none of those things on Mac OS, which is where I want to do my friggin' work. It's not on my phone. Fu- I'm not trying to do my work on my phone. Um, so why, why, why don't I have any of these things? And I know the answer is because they have limited resources and developers to make stuff happen, and they just shipped an incomplete thing and are probably going to refine this later. But it's been a while. Um, why can't we make this good uh, to do the good things instead of bad and not doing things? just with the bad stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why it mm-hmm. works this way. Yeah. Or doesn't work this way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even in when, um, I, I think I complained about this before when I was trying to check for the product availability, um, Apple supplies you with the, this little button inside of the Apple store app to, uh, do you want to create a shortcut that'll check for this product availability? And it's like, yeah, sure. It, only triggers an action that shows you the results of whether or not specifically the configuration you're looking for is at that specific store. So if I wanted to do something like check the other stores in the area, I have to use the app. If I want to do something like uh, change the color parameter for the phone, like do I really care if it's blue or gray? No. Um, But those are not options that you can do. You can only pick the specific thing, and that's the only way that workflow works. And why, why do you do the, that like that? I don't understand. Um, so even Apple stuff, it's like you, you made an automation that doesn't automate the app. It just shows results. It just filters data and displays data, but it doesn't have any flexibility or controls when that data is run. So it offers no benefit over using the app. Um, and then for things where I'm trying to do stuff with third parties, um, I wanted to have uh, uh, 
something that would trigger uh, do not disturb when I joined a call on Teams, on Microsoft Teams. Um, and there's no way to trigger anything based on Microsoft Teams, and it has no Apple script library or other settings that are exposed to the system uh, at all. So that's bad because they're a third party, and it would be good if they did it. But on curiously, on iOS, they have con- they have uh, four actions that are exposed, um, but it's like join a meeting, which is, you're not always joining a meeting. Sometimes someone's just calling you. Um, or uh, you can open Cortana, which is like, why, why who, who is doing that? Uh, but those actions are not on Mac OS. So you'll see those results inside of shortcuts on the iPhone and you'll be able to build a shortcut, but it won't run on your Mac because those interfaces don't exist. And there's no real communication about when something is in a certain place that's not in another. So when I was laying in bed trying to like figure out if there was some way to make this shortcut, I was using iOS. And then I get back to my computer and it's like, oh, there are no controls for Teams, so this action can't run at all. So that was useless. It was a waste of my time. And I can't even like filter or look at like what's what has a Mac counterpart and what has an iPhone counterpart. Um, so it just doesn't run or says like something unhelpful, like can't display this Apple script because it can only run on a Mac. And it's like, you can show me text, you dingbat. (laughs) Um, so I don't know why it's like that in terms of cross-platform capabilities, but even in terms of, uh, my frustration with the lack of a third party thing, it was like, well, my computer knows when I'm recording audio, uh, because it puts that stupid little orange dot in the corner. So the OS understands that audio is being recorded. Why? Where? Where's the trigger? There's nothing. There's nothing for that. Like when my audio is doing something. No, there's nothing for that. There's like, is there something about audio state? No, nothing. Nothing you can do for controlling or driving anything based on uh, whether or not you're using your microphone. Um, and I, it's just like all the things I want to make to make my life easier don't exist. And I could make keyboard shortcuts for everything that I want to do. Like I could make a keyboard shortcut that turns on do not disturb, but then I have to remember to turn off do not disturb when the call is over. And I don't want to do that. I want it to do it because it is a computer and it knows that I'm not using it anymore to do that other thing. So we can flip the modes, but it can't do it. Um, So I think that's one of the things that just drives me nuts. And I know a lot of people are very content with, I will make, you know, 40,000 different keyboard bindings and buttons. And uh, I'll, I'll just fill out an entire stream deck uh, with every kind of mode <laughs> or setting that I would want to do. I'll have keyboard maestro running. Hello, Dan. Um, and y- you can do all of that stuff. But I, my, the thing about automation for me is that it should be automatic. I don't want it. If, if I have to do something, it's not automatic. It doesn't, it doesn't save me any mental energy or time. Um, and so it bothers me when I can't, uh, just make, make something, um, like just flow, uh, without having to interrupt what I'm doing, um, to, to like change something, to toggle a setting, uh, that I shouldn't have to toggle. I, I agree with you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just got very annoyed. No, it's Um, okay. I, and honestly, like you said, um, it's, I think what's frustrating is getting a taste of that or seeing someone else who uh, seems to have it figured out and it works well for them and 
you can't do the same thing mm-hmm. or you try to do the same thing and then you realize, oh, no, this is not a simple thing. In fact, it takes all of this extra work to be able to pull this off. I thought it was just going to be something that, you know, would would happen kind of quickly or easily. But you find out people are are doing so much more and that's not kind of what you want. You were hoping that if they were going to provide something that was, you know, uh, marketed as an elegant way of doing things, that it would actually be an elegant way of doing things. And when it's not, that's reasonably frustrating. Yeah. And I don't, it's not that I'm saying that you can't do anything with shortcuts or no one can do it. Obviously people are like doing all kinds of crazy stuff um, or wacky stuff, I should say. Uh, I just don't need to do those things. Like I don't need to batch process a bunch of text and turn it into certain kinds of file types or, uh, you know, watermark uh, a whole bunch of images or something like that. Like those are all good things that exist for the people that need to do that stuff, but it's not what I need to do. Um, what I want is, uh, just out of my reach, um, to use your, uh, reads metaphor. Um, only it's, you know, that doesn't exist. There's no, there's no read at the end of the read, I guess. Um, there's a different kind of like keyhole hook read that doesn't exist um that i'm missing and i have all the other reads and i can't can't get the key i don't know um <laughs> trying to make that metaphor work for this but it's it's like you have some pieces and that they just don't all fit together to make anything um so i don't know but <sighs> that's life and you know i'm sure worldwide developer conference is gonna happen soon and then there'll be an update to this and maybe it'll have like a mode where it's like now you can set something to run by time of day and I'll be like, perfect. That's exactly what I was missing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it'll solve all my problems and all this complaining will be for nothing. It's what you were missing and what a lot of people were missing and yeah. what a lot of people are asking for. So let's. Yeah. It, it's one of those things too, where it's just like, is it me? Like, am I just not seeing where this is? Do I, is, is, am I the problem? And then it's like, no, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so yeah. the limit does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> Except it does for us. Uh, But, you know, at least there's the gallery, which has uh, useful things like (laughs) open random Instapaper article. That's definitely something I I do all the time. The the gallery makes me angry. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, have you got, do you guys like not use computers? Like there's create meeting note. And it's like, yeah, I know how to open notes. Like what, who needs to automate this stuff? The different gallery I (laughs) so annoying i don't want any of the things in the gallery ever and it's always frustrating because i want i'm like oh uh, maybe i'll get inspired today yippity-dee yippity-dah let me hop in here and be excited and then i go there and i'm going why the heck did i even open this yeah like i I was looking at uh some of this stuff and i was like oh there's a stop distraction so that must like trigger the do not disturb mode and it's like no you have to say hey bleep uh stop distractions and then it does it uh or you have to use it on your apple watch which for the love of god if i'm triggering an action on my apple watch to turn on a mode on my computer then like no thank you um so it it saves zero steps over just turning on the focus mode myself there's no trigger or automation involved in any of these things um it is all just like do do with a button to do a thing blah (laughs) <laughs> there you go blah mm-hmm. that's how yeah. i feel about it blah yeah that's, that's how i feel about blackberries oh not a blackberry <laughs> fan 
No, no. I don't like blackberries. I don't like raspberries. Do you like blueberries? I love blueberries. Is it is it just the all the little papules that Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know that those are biologically uh this will make you hate them more. The biological structure of the little papules on those um, berries, as well as the little sacs inside of oranges, the biological structure is closest in similarity to hair follicles. Mm, yeah. So it's like little berry hair follicles that just brush across your tongue in a very unpleasing way. For Delish. you, not for me. I like I like the, the tongue brush. Well, also I should say that they, they tend to be um, of the berries. The blackberries and raspberries tend to have a uh, sour element to them That's more often true. than not. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just prefer I prefer blueberries. Um, I like strawberries when they're good. Uh, bad strawberries uh, disappoint me. Yeah. Bad strawberries are real bad. Yeah. 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 Because sometimes you can get them where they're sour, but then sometimes you can also get them where it's like the texture of jicama or a potato. And it's just like, how did this happen? Yeah. Why, did, am you, why I, did you pick this? Why am this? I crunching into this? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, nothing like a delicious, juicy berry. This is like a crunch. <laughs> it's like taking a bite out of an apple. Uh, no, I, I don't understand how those things come to market. And a lot of times, uh, and I feel this way about tomatoes too, uh, which are a berry, um, but uh, I don't know what percentage of it is a hair follicle. Uh, maybe the whole thing is. Uh, but the but I like good tomatoes. And um, sometimes you talk to people who are like, Oh, I don't like tomatoes at all. Tomatoes are the most disgusting thing in the world. And then they like eat pizza, have spaghetti sauce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they just don't want a fresh tomato. And it's like, but why? And then you come to find out. They're having bad. Yeah. You mm-hmm. come to find out the most often the tomato that they're introduced to is the American necessity to put a slice of pink, mealy, Ugh. starchy tomato ew, 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 on top ew, ew, of ew, every ew. sandwich or burger or anything so like that. And gritty it's just... and gross. Like, I, I'm a fan, as you know. I, I've talked about this. The experience of food, the texture of food, I love that. But not when it comes to tomatoes that are that way. That is not how a tomato should be. No. I, ugh, gross. I, I, and I've been to a couple of... Uh, like uh, restaurants where somebody orders like a caprese salad or something like that. And it comes out and it is those pink starchy tomatoes. And it's like, how have you not taken the caprese salad off of your menu? Like, uh, cause like you can't serve that. Like who, who wants to eat that? The pink mealy, like grainy tomato with uh, like mozzarella. Mmm. Delish. Mm. This is how I like my caprese salad to and not be is- a caprese salad. <laughs> It's got like two ingredients. You can't have one of them be the worst thing in the world. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what the point of any of that stuff is. But, I, you know, I love a good tomato. I I don't mind a good tomato. Don't uh, mind. That's interesting. <laughs> I have, I, I don't have um, acid reflux problems with like anything else but tomatoes. Mm. And uh, I remember one time as a kid, uh, my my sister, my, so these are my half siblings. Uh, so whenever I say their grandpa, then you'll understand why I'm not saying that it's my grandpa. Um, their grandpa, uh, would always eat, which yes, we both know this is an unhealthy thing now, but at the time did not, uh, would eat tomatoes with sugar sprinkled on them. And I was, you know, completely, uh, skeptical. And they're like, no, you just have to try it. You just have to try it. And I tried it and it was, amazing. And then I kept trying it. And then, uh, I learned on that same day that I had, and it's even making me feel that same thing right now, a little bit, uh, tomato acid reflux issues. 
And I remember feeling so sick and like I was having a heart attack and it was just so, ugh. and, um, th- from that point on, you know, I would, I wasn't, I thought it was just kind of like having all that tomato and also having sugar at the same time. And so I can remember then I got a, uh, salad that was mostly tomato and, it's also giving me that feeling right now. Anyway, mm. I discovered, yes, that it was uh, the acid and tomatoes in particular for some reason that uh, really gets my goat. So I can eat tomatoes, but they need to be mixed in with lots of other things. So like some uh, cherry tomatoes in a salad is okay. Um, fresh tomato on a sandwich is okay. Uh, and I eat salsa and things like that, and that's okay. Uh, but just on its own, that's whenever my stomach or my throat more than my stomach is like, um, how about no? <laughs> mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't have a, I don't have that particular, uh, problem with tomatoes, uh, with some tomato sauce. Uh, yeah. If you have like, um, uh, when you're dealing with canned tomatoes, um, it does matter when you buy like a good brand of canned tomatoes, uh, cause the, the acid level will be very different, uh, between the two. And one thing my grandmother and, uh, my mom, because of my grandmother would do is you add, uh, a little bit of sugar to a tomato sauce that you're making, um, to cut the acid is what it was said. Um, but it doesn't really, it doesn't make it less acidic cause sugar is also an acid, um, or has some some it's on the ph scale somewhere closer to being acidic uh than it is basic um but it it just kind of doesn't make it as it doesn't make the acidity of it as sharp um because it has the sweetness uh but it 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 just is like turning it into like a sweet and sour kind of thing if you go too much in any any one of those directions um so i i don't find that it actually uh makes it less acidic as much as it sort of masks the acidity um and I would just rather get better quality canned crushed tomatoes than than that um, whenever I'm using them. And then that seems to have solved that that issue of it being, you know, not of eating too much pasta and it not sitting well. Um, although you can still eat too much pasta. Um, nothing you can do about that. Nope. No, no way around that issue. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm reading about sucrose now. Hmm. Um, and it says sucrose in itself does not have a pH level because pH is a measure of concentration and not the property of a particular chemical. Same applies mm-hmm. to other sugars such as lactose, fructose, and glucose. Um, sugar is neither an acid nor a base. Pure sugar or glucose is a neutral substance, obviously. Glucose is, but I was reading about sucrose. Um, it does say, though, that um, it will... Uh, when sucrose uh form when sucrose is is consumed by um bacteria it will produce lactic acid and that lactic acid then lowers the ph of the tooth's surface so this is specific to to mouth things like why does sucrose cause uh or potentially cavities. cause cavities and stuff like that yeah. um anyway interesting yeah yeah uh oh, I, I guess it's just uh Maybe it's just because, because I know that if you put like dark brown sugar in with baking soda, it'll react because of the molasses, mm. but maybe that's because molasses has a pH, but sugar itself does not because molasses has other impurities. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, just nobody eats stuff that's going to upset you. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, just if you avoid all food at all times, then you don't have to worry about any of it affecting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, God knows what the aliens eat. Uh, you, you guys <laughs> oh, get back to um, us on that one. Yeah. I, I'm getting sort of grumbling sound that I think means they eat feelings. Oh. Let me pass you over some contemplative uh, depression. Here we go. <gasps> How did Nothing that taste? Except, oh, no. Uh, I think I gave him indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note of indigestion, farewell. <laughs> farewell, all. And may your uh, introduction to the aliens go as well or better than ours. Thank you for joining us this week on Unhelpful Suggestions, a podcast published independently because we're indie and because we're awesome. Goodbye.